Welcome to the Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 68, an interview with Michael Wiseman of the Bible Says What? podcast, part one. In this episode, we begin a three-part series presenting our interview with Michael Wiseman, the host of the Atheist podcast, The Bible Says What? Today's special guest is the host of the Christian Atheist podcast. Welcome to the show, John Wise. Thank you, Michael. Glad to be here. I appreciate you taking the time, coming on, agreeing to be on the show. Tell us a little bit about your podcast and the very confusing title, Christian Atheist. Yeah, um, the most frequent comment I get from everyone is, what kind of a moron are you? <laughs> An oxymoron. Yeah, that's, it's brilliant. Um, so I get it from both sides, right? Yeah. I stand in the middle. Hmm. I have stood in the middle in many ways all my life. Um, spent 25, my first 25 years as a Christian, and mm. then uh, walked away and uh, became an atheist. For 25 years, taught philosophy as an atheist, atheist professor of philosophy. And then uh, in 2019, uh, well, it wasn't just 2019, there was a whole buildup story, which I tell on the Christian atheist. Mm. I don't know how many mm. you got to watch. Yeah. Um, but I, I tell the whole story of the buildup from those through those 25 years of the intellectual journey back to Christ, which sort of happened uh, when I met my new wife. Hmm. Uh, my old wife died in uh, 2019. I shouldn't hmm. say my old wife. But Sorry to hear that. She died in 2019. And my wife's my current wife's husband died in 2017. And we met hmm. and uh, she was kind of my portal back to Christ. Right. I remember you saying that. Um so you were an atheist before you met her and then correct up through first meeting her. Yes. Yeah. And then, and then she being a Christian brought you back to Christianity. No, correct? she didn't no. bring me back. <laughs> um, but she was the portal through which I, I entered the in the portal. sense that she was the value, the final capstone, the value that made it worth coming back. So explain that a little further. That's very confusing. So the wife, is, she's the portal, but she didn't bring you back. The portal didn't bring you back. It was. Oh, I, it was Christ that brought me back. Jesus brought you back. Mm -hmm. And how do you know that it was Jesus that brought you back? Because he's the one who's been walking with me the whole time. And how do you know that Jesus, the invisible man is walking with you? I don't know it. Oh, okay. I believe it. You believe it, but you don't know it. You've never seen him, heard him, touched him, felt him. Smelt him. Nope. Have you, felt him. <laughs> you, you were, how, how long were you a Christian before you walked Oh away? my God. It's most of my life. Most of my yeah. life. I was, well, I guess not now because I'm 40, but um, about, about the age of 1920 is when I really started to kind of shave it off little by little, uh, yeah. shave off that religion. That's not really a great way to put it. I think uh, shave it off. A, a bad way little, to put it for sure. Shave, you know, <laughs> carry guys like us. Absolutely. Well, Mm. <laughs> yeah you're a little bit a little bit beyond me i've been there though but you got yeah, a little more up there <laughs> you're what 30 40 40 thanks for that though oh, 40 okay. appreciate that so in those years you mm. said it felt fairly recently like 35 30 no well left. like the full brushed it off type thing was probably yeah. about 30 in my 30s is when i really started diving into the questions and, okay. and, and, and shaving, shaving off that fear. I think the fear was the hardest thing to get rid of. 
That's for sure. It's always in the back of your mind. Yeah, but the things I've listened to you from before, it seemed like that was the like the controlling for sure. factor for you. Yeah, yeah I, I was taught very young. I was broken, and if I didn't obey, if I didn't love, I was going to go to hell for eternity, and I better watch my eternal soul. So yeah, there's yeah. a lot there. Yeah, for sure. And the fear is definitely Bad the hardest message. part to get rid of. Mm-hmm. But okay, then during those what thirty years, did you ever have any sort of religious experience? All kinds of what I thought were religious experiences. Um, I, again, I, for the listeners, I was born and raised in the church. Um, it, it was a very, very tight Jesus bubble that I lived in. And when I started to look outside that bubble, that's when the bubble started to burst, I guess. Um, Jesus bubble. <laughs> All right. So I, I went to Bible to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's first 25 years of my life. Um, and I never had a religious experience that I could talk of. None. Mm. I mean, you said you had some that you well, thought, you know, were. tingles, fingles, like I had feelings, any. feelings. Is, well, is, I've is had all lots I got. of feelings, but I've had feelings from rock concerts. Exactly. Man, you <laughs> exactly. my point. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, from I, movies I, and rock concerts it's the same thing. And that's why I questioned it. So how is um, your, you actually experienced something besides feelings? Very curious. What was it? Uh, I experienced reason <laughs> reason of what brought me back to christ in terms of my intellectual journey if you watch it listen to the whole yeah. thing it's i would say it's reason more than anything that brought me back but it was also reason that took me away okay so because yeah, exactly. i was pretty convinced as a faith postulate in bible college that this was the right way but i saw all the things that you've talked about in the bible mm-hmm. and i said this is crap i finally <laughs> said this is crap i don't believe it yeah and then one day when I was in grad school, I woke up and I said to myself, I, uh, at that point, I was kind of like an agnostic. Yeah, yeah. And I said to myself, there's no God. And I never looked back. And I never thought I would ever switch again. Yeah. Um, it's hard to once you look past that curtain. It's like the Wizard of Oz, man. You've seen, you've seen who the, 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 the man who works the machines is, and it's just people. Oh, you know? I don't. That, that's the problem. There is no man that works the machines. Hmm. there's nothing there and there's nothing there for anything i mean everything falls apart there's no meaning left well now, how do you that, figure? that doesn't mean what's that well, how do you figure there's no meaning left there's no meaning left in the universe no objective meaning you lose okay. it okay um now you know you have epiphenomenal meaning that's fine i'm not real keen on epiphenomenal meaning i i like real robust meaning uh-huh. and um family and friends my, people and pets exactly all those things mean a lot yeah um and uh community mm-hmm. uh means a lot and um what means a lot to me also as a philosopher a professional philosopher is making things fit together okay. I, I like i like the packages to make sense from top to bottom and that doesn't mean there isn't any mystery anywhere because if there's no mystery you're an idiot because <laughs> we don't know much of anything. We don't know. Everything. I'm a big fan of Socrates. Yeah. Right. I taught Socrates and Plato for 25 years as an analyst until I started realizing <laughs> these guys have it together, have it get, have it together better than I do. They're mm. theists. Eh, okay. Socrates might've slid towards agnosticism, mm-hmm. but still pretty much theists. And for me, I started to say, wait a second, 
if I'm willing to question and overthrow everything in my life for atheism, because I thought it was the right choice, and I did. I mean, I looked at science and I said, science has proven there's no God, which I know it now. Just so we know, atheism and science is two different things. You can still be a scientist and believe in an invisible man upstairs for sure. So atheism doesn't bring you to science. Nope. Yeah. Nor does science bring you to atheism. Right. Well, I guess for some people, maybe, but no, you're right. That's fair. Yeah. So this reason, what was this reason that brought you back? The reasoning, the, uh, because I don't see any reason or logic in, in the Christ story at all. Um, I fail to see it. Okay. Well, look around. The, the death and life cycle is everywhere. Right. The I death mean, and life cycle. This, uh-huh. we, we didn't know this um, before. Uh, the Greeks knew this yeah, long the, before we did. I mean, yeah, I dying and rising said, gods for forever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, okay. And they understood that there was some sort of thing behind all of this pageantry. Seasons. Going it's called on. the seasons. That's what they What's didn't that? realize. It was the seasons. They, they, they thought the seasons were some kind of spiritual thing that was going on, some kind of they personified a lots of things, right? It's Aphrodite was the uh, goddess of love. Anthropomorphized. Everything. Right, anthropomorphized. No. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, as a philosophy yeah. professor, that, that <laughs> impresses me. I appreciate that because my students don't generally come up with terms like that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what they did, you know, and, I, and it's very it. weird that the story kind of just keeps evolving and eventually you get to Jesus and Jesus's death, which is 100 yeah. percent, if the Bible is accurate, pointless. It's a pointless. The great thing about Jesus is he really ends up being kind of the summation of the religious insights from start Mm. to finish. Mm. And that was one of the major things that it just, he kept coming back to me, Mm -hmm. Um, Michael. He kept coming. I didn't believe in any of it. I didn't believe in God. Uh And then I find Jesus walking around in Plato and Aristotle. And, and Socrates, all the things they talk about, Jesus is there. Not, of course, literally. Not, of course, but yeah. In figures, he is there. Well, I mean, um, if you make those puzzle pieces fit, for sure, you can do that. Um, if I, if I have the piece hard in the shape, a, I can cut it out and put it in there. I mean, that's just I mean, I, No, I can give you, I could actually go get my book, Republic, and I can read something to you that you'll say, yeah, that sounds a lot like Jesus. In fact, What is it? I want to know. I want to okay, know. Let me, I let me know. before I go to that passage... <laughs> Let me let me present Socrates' story to you. Gotcha. Socrates said, the one thing that I know is that I don't know anything. <laughs> so ignorance was the foundation of everything Socrates does and mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And he proclaimed that at his trial. The Athenians held him up for being an atheist, for one of the things, and for corrupting the youth of Athens. So they charged him with this. And they said, the result of this may be your death, Socrates, Why don't you run away and not face this trial? He said, no, I'll face the trial. Hmm. He said, I believe in, I believe in this. I believe in practicing philosophy. I believe in questioning. And I believe in questioning. Mm -hmm. I believe in questioning. It was my atheism that brought me to a much stronger faith than the original one I had. (laughs) Um, I'm not a huge fan of everything evangelical, uh, which probably doesn't surprise you. I grew up evangelical too and in the church. Mm -hmm. There are Mm -hmm. things that trouble me deeply. Um, but that doesn't affect whether or not God's there. He either is or he isn't. Okay, so back to Socrates. Sorry. Gotcha. Socrates. No, you're good. Um, Socrates said, I will face this trial, 
And even if you convict me of these charges, uh-huh. um, unfairly, he said, because I'm not corrupting the youth and I, I do believe in the gods, he said, um, even if you convict me of this a thousand times and I'll face death a thousand times uh-huh. um, in order to promote what I believe to be the right thing. Okay. So an innocent man goes to his death and at the end says something like, forgive them, these who have voted against me, okay. because they didn't understand what it was I did. Okay. I mean, these aren't exact words, but it's pretty darn close from Plato's apology. Um, and then at the end of the of the uh, of his life, uh-huh. he's asked to take a cup of poisoned hemlock and drink it down, drink down the cup of poison. Uh-huh. Um, it's like straight out of the Bible. Now, where where did Jesus drink poison? He said, Father, let this cup pass from me. Oh, so it's just like, again, you're just taking the puzzle pieces and making them fit at that point. I don't know, man. Jesus, Jesus death. He said there's right. like a couple of things he could have said that we don't know exactly what he said, because, you know, there's this contradiction in that part. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, but okay. That's, that's the one place. Um, wow. I'm not sure I can find this fast enough. I don't you're good. No, we, we can, we can discuss um, in the middle or I can like do a little speed. Yeah. I would appreciate that. That's better. We could do that. Okay. I, I wish I had more time to prepare for this, but events. No, I know <laughs> you're fine. Turn. I do want that. If you could send me that, uh, the story of Socrates there, sure. uh, I'd be very interested. Um, but what I see, what I see from what I've heard is, is there's a puzzle piece. We know what piece is going to fit there because of the size of it. So we're going to shape, and we're going to put Jesus in there. And that's, that's, I see that a lot. Um, but reason, I just don't see the reason part of it. What was the reasoning part? What, why you came back? The reason is exactly those puzzle pieces, lots and lots and lots of them. I was, I was easily able to dismiss a few here and a few there. Um, one of the biggest blows, and you actually remarked on this in the email to me, was wow. when I was reading and researching for my dissertation mm-hmm. on Jean-Paul Sartre, um, tw- 20th century existentialist philosopher, atheist, famous, one of the most famous atheists in the 20th century. Never heard of him. <laughs> it's okay, though. Oh, okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> You're good. You're I mean, good. He's, he's a huge name. Huge atheist. famous, but I just, I don't. Sorry. It's okay. Not a big deal. I don't know a lot of people either. So. Yeah, no, that's all right. You know what? If you'd ask me about Christian apologists at this point in my life, yeah. I don't know anybody either. Yeah. So You're this, good. I'm all on You're my own. best not there. knowing that anyways. <laughs> yeah, okay. But. So go ahead, go ahead. Uh, what was I talking about? Uh, the, the, the atheist. Oh, my dissertation. Yeah. Right. Um, and. In the middle of all of my research, as a, a young atheist who still thought to himself, I know there's no God. Hmm. Sartre came out and said, I want to try to paraphrase it properly. Uh-huh. Uh, the, the atheism of two people, Monsieur, uh, Monsieur Angrand and some, some lady, he said, they present as a progressive discovery, but they are, and he doesn't, he doesn't say it here. Um, he doesn't say it they're in bad faith here. That's Sartre's basic lesson so you're lying to yourself. But the idea is they're in bad faith because they're presenting their atheism to themselves as though it's something that they know. He said, I at least understand that like Leibniz, I am a metaphysician in denying existence to God as much as anyone is claiming to give existence to God by believing in him. So atheism became, and I couldn't fight it. 
I, I wanted to fight it because I wanted to believe like most of the atheists I battle with online, that atheism has nothing to do with faith. It doesn't. Yeah, it does. Okay, because, so here we go. I love this. This is my favorite part right now. Define okay, faith first. First, we have to define faith before we can attribute it to anybody. What is faith okay. to you? Do, do, do the faith Hebrews is 11? Believing, faith is believing in something mm-hmm. that you don't have absolute certainty about. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.